Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to A Word with Tom Merritt. I'm Tom Merritt. Uh, and uh, if you've listened to any of these episodes, you know that the point of this show is to try to explore how we all think of things because there's way too much information out there. None of us can know all of it. Uh, but hopefully these kinds of conversations will help us understand how different people think about different things, how different experts in different areas uh, can take advantage of their knowledge and how you can learn from them. These are the kinds of conversations I had growing up with my grandpa Carl and his front room and my grandma Roxy in her front room. Uh, and I got lots of different ways of looking at the world, great conversations. And it was all leading me up to this moment right now. Welcome to the front room, Michael Kinney. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Tom. Great to be here. Uh, for Today's word is going to be learn. Uh, for anyone unfamiliar with you, you, you have done a lot of instructional content, for lack of a better word, TV, YouTube, et cetera. Tell people a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So currently I, I do have a YouTube channel and I create tutorials on video creation. And I've been doing that for about five years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. But before that, I've had a varied career in television production. I started back in the 80s <laughs> as a researcher on a science documentary series. So I kind of jumped right into the whole educational content space quite early. And then I sort of progressed over the years doing different programming. And then in the mid-90s, I created a show along with someone else called Inquiring Minds, which was around the time that uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy was on. In fact, Bill Nye was a lead into our show. And uh, so I did sort of the basic questions. Why is the sky blue? Why do chili peppers burn your mouth and stuff like that? And did that for at least four or five years. And then I just freelanced after that doing different uh, projects. And then I landed on YouTube and I saw YouTube as a great opportunity to share more educational content. And so that's what I've been doing. Now, I know there's at least one person in, in the audience that's shouting Degrassi right now as well. You you also uh, played a part in, in that, right? Yeah, it's kind of like art imitating life. I, I, start, I started on Degrassi back in uh, The Next Generation back in 2001, playing Coach Armstrong, and, as well as being the athletics, athletics coach and the math teacher, which is hilarious because I wasn't very good at math in school. So <laughs> those scenes were very interesting <laughs> as I had to explain quadratic equations. Did you, uh, did you end up learning some math as part of the? Yeah. Role? You know, I sort of, Oh, that's what bed mass means. Oh, okay. The brackets <laughs> thing. And so I had to, we had consultants and, and I had to write these equations on the board, take after take. And it was just wow. And so, um, but I did that for 16 seasons, which is kind of crazy to think about. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that is a, the, the fact that any show even goes 16 seasons is crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it was an in incredible ride. Great, um, kids to work with. One in particular you may know who's known as Drake now. 
Oh yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. He's a big Raptors fan. Yeah, he's right? uh, yeah, he's that yeah, guy. He's, I think yeah. he makes rap music. Does some good music too. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. Um, well, back then it was Aubrey, Aubrey Graham, and he was just a kid. He was mm. fifteen, sixteen. Uh, so it's been amazing to see how his life has has developed in his career, and uh, yeah, so doing Degrassi was a lot of fun. And the interesting thing we talk about learn, even though I was an actor on that show. I would see so many different uh, generations of cast would come through. So the kids would come in, they're 15, 16, mm. they're on for a few years, they leave the show, a new crop of kids, kids come in. And I said, this is what a teacher must feel like, you know, for real, having yeah. all the, yeah. And it, it kind of grew, grew a bit of an attachment to them as they sort of went through and left. Um, so it was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Uh, about teaching, uh, and 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 not necessarily as as co- as the coach, uh, but but in in your original jobs, in your research jobs, in in relating concepts to people on TV and now on YouTube, uh, what is it about it that you like? It's uh, it's interesting. I <laughs> I have to sort of reexamine that every mm. so often, um, and there are a couple things. W- one has to do with. Um, learning and equity. Mm-hmm. And the other has to do with technology. So I love technology uh, from a young age, um, from a, I think I was eight, and all the kids for Christmas were asking for, you know, footballs and, and toys and things. And I wanted a tape recorder with a microphone. <laughs> and my parents looked at me like, what? Okay. Because I love to create media and create stories with media. So I'd go out into the neighborhood and grab the kids, make up some kind of play or sketch on the fly, and we record it. And that's what I did at eight years old. So I've always been, I've had a fondness for using media to create experiences, and in particular, creating learning experiences. And in terms of the equity piece, I think for me going through school, going through the school system, I realized later on, as I started doing educational content on television, that, you know, people, everyone is a genius. Everyone has the potential to be a genius. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you can connect in a way with the learners and the audience, they can learn everything. They can learn anything. And it's just a matter of figuring out how to connect and how to deliver the information. And that took me a decade to kind of develop working through the different programs that I worked um, in television on. So that that's sort of the equity piece. And I think a lot of times people, when it, particularly when it comes to technology, are so quick to say, well, it's tech. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I, can, I don't understand. It's, it's technical. And it's not true. You know, you just need to have it explained to you in a way that you can understand it. There, I, I agree, and, and I've thought for a long time that uh, everybody has a talent. So you know, everybody has the ability to to do something very well, and 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 I'm glad you you also said and learn to do other things. Uh, but there are certain things that individuals are are better at than others, and it's different for for different people. And I think that explains why people sometimes think they're not good at something because they see someone else who is. 
and the, and that person just may have a natural knack uh, for something and it makes it easier for them to learn it. When you're creating something like a YouTube video where you you don't get to see the class, right? Uh, how do you how do you try to balance that so that both those people you don't know who's good at what, but everybody gets a little something out of that. A key thing I get this asked a lot about making my content, and I, I, one word it comes down to one word really: empathy. Right? It's the the ability to put yourself in the position of the learner, and that really is the key. And be and be honest about it, and that really is the key. A lot of instructors, at least in my experience, will sit on high and sort of just throw the information at you because, unfortunately, you know, knowledge is a bit of a commodity, right? It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a method of power that people can have, you know, something they don't know. And so that people, it's power. And some people don't want to let go of that power. Um, just going back when I was doing uh, research in documentaries, I interviewed a lot of scientists and researchers, some of them Nobel prize winning. And it was always so difficult to get sort of everyday <laughs> explanations out of them. And it wasn't, I discovered it wasn't so much because they didn't know how to, but they felt like they were somehow devaluing mm. their work by sharing it, making it popular, hmm. you know, popularizing it, which can be a bit of a dirty word in some. Uh, <laughs> in well, yeah, some, I know Stephen Hawking took took flack, right, for for deeming to step down and try to explain things to us normal humans. Yeah, and I would have to tell them, I I would explain to them that because you know they're publicly funded, <laughs> and I would say, well, you know, the the people who are funding your work, i.e., the public would like to know, you know, what you're doing, be interested. And, you know, we're trying to have a more informed public in general, especially when it comes around science, um, in terms of making policy decisions and other everyday decisions. And they sort of, you know, they, they realize, well, hey, by sharing it, it actually makes it more valuable and more useful. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I run into, I, I do a series called Know a Little More, where I, I try to bridge that gap uh, and say, like, look, whether you're a sysadmin or a newbie, you're hopefully going to get something out of this. Uh, one of the things that that I will run into is trying to get the nuance right without having to explain the nuance, if that makes any sense, right? Where you're like, I'm going to oversimplify so that you understand it, but don't think that's the be all end all of it. Right. And I, and I think, well, I'm sure a lot of those scientists that you were talking to really were trying to hold on to their, to their power dynamic. There's also an element of, I, if for you to understand it at the beginning, I have to make it simpler than it is, but just let me make sure I leave a door open so that when you learn more details, you don't think I was lying to you or something, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, when it comes to 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 learning, at least in, in instruction, one of the things I learned, one of the big lessons I learned was, and this is this is born from learning research, we learn new things based on what we already know. Mm-hmm. So we we need a hook. We need something to hook onto when we're learning something new. And then we build from there. It's kind of like making this connection with your your long-term memory, connecting onto that, and then attaching new information onto that. So you have something to sort of latch on to. 
like a, a form of scaffolding, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the one way. thing I learned. It was like, oh, okay, I get it. Well, and and you can't jump to the top of the scaffolding, right? You can't no. jump right to the building. You've you've got to lay some bricks at the beginning, but that doesn't mean that's the be all end all. No, exactly. And talking about laying the bricks, the other thing I learned um, about learning and about and about instruction was that really good instruction has a narrative to it, has storytelling. Like if you look at my tutorials, you might say, "Well, where's where's the." Where's the story? Well, it is a narrative, right? You're, it's like a cooking show. It's like, here's the thing that we're going to make. We haven't made it yet, but watch how we make it. We're going to do this, and then this happens, and then this, and then finally, the climax, the payoff, here's the thing. Yeah. And and if you can sort of master creating that narrative and putting it in your learning, it makes it a lot more accessible for people. There's there's an element of storytelling that is in, involves making sure that people care about the character, right? So I guess what you're saying is you as the instructor or the character, people well, have to care, right? Actually, yes. You you are the supporting character. Uh-huh. The main character is the learner. Nice. Right? Yeah. And so what I learned a long time ago doing educational content is I try to approach it as, as opposed to the expert talking down is kind of what they call the guide on the side, kind of like the sidekick, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like uh, Watson to Sherlock yeah. saying, Hey, what the, about the- this? And look at this and maybe have a look at this and, and setting them up to be the hero of the whole thing, of right. the learning. The person in the chair. Yes. Feeding, feeding the info to the superhero. That's right. I'm yeah. the guy in the chair with the headset. <laughs> uh, how, how do you like to learn? Because to, in order to help someone else learn, you obviously have to learn yourself. Very important. Um, I kind of pride myself in being a lifelong learner. And it's really important if you're going to be an effect, I believe, if you're going to be an in- effective instructor, you need to be a learner, constantly learning. And I think one of the, the biggest hurdles um, in learning and then becoming instructor is learning how you learn. That's the real trick because not everyone, you know, there's, there's these theories about different learning modalities and that have proven not to be correct, actually. And as much as we all like to be unique and different, <laughs> when it comes to our brains and how we learn, we're pretty much... You know, it pretty much works the same way with everybody with some variations. And so what I like to do as a learner is I'm a big picture down to details person. Mm-hmm. I need to see the whole thing. I think it's, it comes from my directing days <laughs> in television. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is standing sense. back and seeing the whole thing. How, how, what, what's the relationship between everything? Uh-huh. And then drilling down into the details and finding really important to find the relationships between things. And the, one of the things I first look for when I'm learning something is the context. What's the context of this? How does this fit in to what I want to do, what I'm trying to do? And I find that really works well when I instruct people, particularly on my YouTube videos, um, is, is thinking about the context of what the learner is going to be using that, that software for, mm-hmm. usually. The why? The why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Exactly. So that's how I learned. I kind of big picture down to details, looking for relationships, looking for patterns. 
Do you uh, what do What do you do when you realize that that you you learned something, uh, you've known it forever, and uh, you you you're wrong, <laughs> and you now you now have to unlearn it. You know that that actually is as exciting as learning something new. It should be, yeah. Believe it or not, having some having a belief sort of unwound and like wow. Uh, stepping back and saying, wow, how did I, why did I even, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> let's But it always on. worked, but it was but wrong. It, yeah, it was always yeah. worked, but it was wrong. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, but that sort of realization for me is also exciting because you're learning again, right? Yeah. No, I, I think more people need to embrace that idea of uh, finding out you were wrong about something is exciting. It, it, it means you were always wrong. It's not 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 a not a problem. You've solved a problem, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have you this, just didn't uh, know you were wrong before. Exactly, right? You didn't know what you didn't know. Yeah. Um, I have this sign in my office: uh, "Failure is success in progress." Mm-hmm. Very important. I, you know, today with the hustle culture, everyone I find so many people are afraid to make mistakes, not realizing. That's how you learn is mistakes. And I think it comes down to this misunderstanding between a mistake and failure. Two different things, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people conflate them, right? A mistake is like, it's a mistake. Didn't work. You try it again. Failure is not doing it at all, really. And I find that People who are afraid to make mistakes, learners at least, end up failing because they don't want to take that chance. Mm-hmm. And I find that a lot. I read my comments in YouTube and people a lot of times are asking me questions. Oh, well, what, what if I do this, that, and this? And I'll reply, well, why don't you try it out? Yeah. <laughs> and let me know how it works. Right? They're trying to find, I, I need, I don't want to make a mistake. I want mm-hmm. the answer well, you know, <laughs> you'll learn, you'll learn more and you'll be more effective in the future if you go through the mistakes, right? Well, how, how many people do you think do everything perfect the first time? Right. <laughs> so yeah. there's, there's no avoiding making mistakes. Yeah. So you, you're not going to do anything new if you don't make mistakes. That, may, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I think there is a rational fear of like, okay, I'm, I'm fine making small mistakes. I just don't want to make the big mistakes. So I, yeah, I'll, I'll flub it a few times as I, as I learn, but, but I want to get good pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. But I guess it, it comes down to, you know, in the end, what it is you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to technology and video creation, uh, it's an iterative process by nature. You're going to, it's going to be, and that's the one thing that people <laughs> who are, or who are new to video find, you know, a little frustrating that you're doing things over and over and over again, but that's just the nature of the work. That's how you're just sort of building on what you're doing. And the great thing about technology nowadays in the digital world, as opposed to the analog world, when I started my television career, where making a mistake was much more costly Mm -hmm. when you're using tape. And, you know, $2 million satellite time and, <laughs> and, and it's sweets and, you know, time is really money. 
then you had to be very, you know, you had to be prepared. But nowadays with the technology now, um, you know, even in something as, as what's called consumer as iMovie, it has more capability than I had back working in, in a television station. You're able to think on the fly, change your mind, try things, doesn't work, try something again. So the nature of technology today, you can experiment and play, make mistakes, build on what you're doing until you're happy with the final product. And, and there's also, uh, that just made me think of something. There's also the changing nature of what's considered good, what's considered a mistake. Uh, you know, you go back uh, into the 70s and a news presenter was never supposed to stumble and every question needed to be sharp and the question ends and then the answer begins. Uh, and these days, I, I actually had this conversation with one of our video editors who was, who was like, yeah, but if I do that, it'll be a jump cut. And I was like, man, Jump cuts are cool now. Jump cuts are a style choice. Like it's not wrong anymore. It changed. <laughs> it, took, it took me a while to get used to that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was that was beaten into me. No jump yeah. cuts. You got to cut away and and continuity and cutting on action. All those rules I learned. And then in you you know here it's in, on YouTube. It's like pff, whatever jump cut jump continuity. Who cares? So yeah. One hundred and eighty degree rule. What's that? <laughs> right. It's like okay. Right. It comes down to, and it comes down to the content, right? It comes down to the message becomes important and how you connect with the camera and how you engage on camera is, is, is an important thing. And, 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 and that even changes what, what is, what is considered to be acceptable on camera behavior has evolved as well, where little mistakes and flubs and ums and ahs, maybe not as, as horrible as they once were. In fact, sometimes, preferable in the audience. It's like, oh, that's gen, you know, they perceive it as genuine. Yeah. It's, it's about with online media. I've found it's, it's important. Authenticity is important. And that is the connection because I remember coming into this space, online media coming from television and people were saying, well, you need to have, you need a crew and you need to have three point lighting. And what are you talking about? You need all this stuff. And I said, no, this is different. This is more personal. This is not like broadcasting where you're kicking it out to, you know, thousands, millions of people. This is somebody watching on a screen. It's a more intimate sort of medium. So we should make it more conversational, make it less formal, make it, you know, like almost like a Zoom conversation in in, in some respects in order right. to build that connection, because that's really what's the most important thing is how you connect with your audience, whether it be through the camera or the microphone to grab their attention in order to deliver your content. Do you, do you think that's because of the accessibility of the medium where when, you know, when we had just a couple, a handful of broadcast networks, you know, we expected that to be perfect because only, only the few of you got to do it. So you better be good. Whereas now we think it's fake if you're pretending to be a big broadcast network, cause we know you're not, you know, so, yeah. so just be, just be who you are. Yeah. It's the, it's the power of scarcity, right? Uh-huh. It was, you know, I was on camera and for me to be on camera back in the late eighties, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. I was in my twenties and, you know, things just came together and it worked out, but I realized at the time how huge a deal that was. And so now because the technology is so ubiquitous, it is more like we're just talking to each other mm -hmm. and 
And how I look at it is, it's a conversation that you can enhance with, you know, some production value. Sure, sure. Yeah. So that's how I look at it. I do, I do conversation first, <laughs> production value second, where when I was in television, it was all about production value. Mm-hmm. Everything was tightly scripted. It was just designed down to every detail. And it, it was, it's just a different, it's a different space. Have you ever gone back and looked at at old TV shows, especially like news stuff, and just been struck how stiff it feels when, oh, and yeah. it didn't feel that way back then? And how every announcer sounded exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the exact same pattern from every announcer. Yeah, and everyone sounded like this, and it uh-huh. was stiff, and you had the microphone, and you didn't have any expression, and <laughs> it was like, wow. But that was the authoritative style and now if you were to do that <laughs> on a youtube video that'd be parody if, if it wasn't a parody yeah yeah people would be like what's going on over here yeah, you 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 have to continually learn and unlearn uh things like that yeah yeah you have to to keep keep up it was tough for me i mean i look at some of my first youtube videos and i was like oh wow <laughs> No, no, it, you know, it's not, it's not public television anymore, Mike. It's, you know, it's, it was just slow, slow, but you know, slow, deliberate, pedantic, because that's how it was, right? That's what I was used to doing. Yeah. That's and, what you're trained to do. Yeah, right? And then it was yeah. like, wait a second, let me, this, this is not television, right? I had to <laughs> unlearn all that. Take what was important, you know, editing, learning, knowing how to edit and make a cut still important on YouTube. Taking those things that are still relevant and important and leaving the rest and then developing new skills and kind of combining them together. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to change again. Like, look what's happening yeah. with vertical video, TikTok, real. Like, that's a whole new thing now. It's like, what? Vertical? Oh, I, used to, I, I, I did a portrait uh, video once on YouTube and I got lambasted and now it's, you know, all the rage, right? Oh, yeah. I, I did a video uh, tutorial on how to take a, a landscape, a you know, traditional landscape video and turn it into vertical. And for the most part, the comments were, were positive, but I caught heat from some people. Oh, yeah. Vertical video is not real video. And it's like, <laughs> uh, you better... You better get on the train because yeah. this is what's You're happening. Like, in the four by three days, it's all oh, we have. Yeah, exactly. We were almost square back then. <laughs> didn't have to worry about where we're going to put in the shot. All this space now we have to fill with yeah. <laughs> with background. Uh, shooting 4-3 safe. You don't have to do that anymore. Uh, no. They no. Could shoot vertical safe. Uh, yeah. My my wife worked on a, a show that was going on to Quibi and they had to, uh. they had to shoot so that it would work in vertical or landscape. Oh, one. wow. Yeah. That's tough. There's a <laughs> lot of lines on the viewfinders for the camera for that. Yeah, yeah. It was like a like a periscope. <laughs> exactly. But vertical, vertical video, that's another thing. Talk about learning. I'm learning that now. Right. How do I, how do I, I was doing some um, YouTube shorts and I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I did like a little tutorial in 60 seconds in vertical? And then when I sat down to do it, I thought, what was I thinking? <laughs> how am I going to, how am I going to pan across thing. the screen? So I'm like doing all this animation and stuff. It ended up working, but I was learning a whole new way of communicating, you know, mm-hmm. using that format. A and, whole new and vocabulary, right? Exactly. And you have to be able, you have to be open to learning because the space changes. It's, it's constantly evolving. There are some base, some basics that are, will always be the same. 
but the technology changes, the format changes, uh, the delivery changes, and you have to be ready. You have to sort of be humble enough to say, well, uh, you know, that 16 by nine was a good time. Now we gotta, <laughs> we gotta do the vertical. Yeah. And, and it's, I don't know if evolutionarily we're, we're less prepared for it because it used to be, you know, you learned to be a baker and then you were a baker until the day you died. But it's hard sometimes to be like, yeah, but I learned how to do landscape. And now you're telling me you got to do vertical. And if you think about it, you're like, and then vertical's going to go away and we'll have to do globular or, <laughs> exactly. you know, something Circuit new. Oval. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, why am I even bothering to learn anything? Right. These are our new trapezoid phones we have to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But you're, you are going to learn skills that won't be useful in the future, but that that's fine, right? Yeah, because it's, it's less about the actual content you're learning and more about your ability to learn. Mm. And that gets back to what I was saying about learning to learn. It's really important to learn how you learn so that you're able to not have to start you know, from scratch when you're learning something new. And if you can discover that, if you can discover how you learn, that is such, and you, you're at such a great advantage as you move forward, particularly in this space with technology. Yeah, and the more things you learn, too, I think uh, the easier learning new things gets. Part a lot because of what you're saying about learning how you learn, but but also you you start to realize, oh, doing this is similar to this other thing I did. And it's not not the same, but I can borrow some of the the ways I learned how to do that, right? Yeah. And and apply them in this situation. I don't know how many times over the years I've started something new and realized, oh, well, this this is just similar to this other thing that I did. You start to see the patterns, mm-hmm. and they recur. And the other thing I tell people when it comes to technology, because you know they get frustrated and intimidated, and I remind them, um, people made these things. Mm-hmm. Right. People made them. So if you can understand a bit of the thought process that went into creating this, you're going to be ahead of the game in learning how to do it. It's not totally yeah. alien. Right. Just just knowing a little bit about how it works and you don't have to be an electrical engineer, but just kind of knowing the theory of like, oh, well, video has to be processed remotely and then it gets sent to my Apple TV. Just Just little things like that will help you troubleshoot better, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's the it's the old analogy of driving a car, right? Mm. You know how to drive a car, but you don't necessarily know how to make a car right. <laughs> or even repair a car. Mm-hmm. But you know how to operate it well enough to be able to do what you want to do. And that's really when it comes down to what is your goal, right? I know people who who um when they're learning something new like a new piece of software, they will not do anything until they read the entire manual from front to back. Uh-huh. That's old school. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll go, I, myself, I jump in. Okay. I want to make this thing. Let's see how I can make it with this thing. And I'll go <laughs> and try to figure out the sort of the thinking behind the software, the technology. And then when I hit a bump is when I go to the manual to try to understand. Yeah. It's different styles, I guess. Yeah. Isn't, yeah. Um, I, I know that, uh, especially with, with my wife, uh, she is very much a procedural thinker because she's a producer. So that makes sense. That's my uh, wife too. Uh, and so <laughs> she's very much like, well, I did these steps and it's not working. And I'm sitting there like, but did you try that over th- thing over there? It's just like, why would I do that? I'm like, because it's going to work. And also cause, cause that's how I 
learn is I'm like, well, what am I missing? What other things are, are out there? And I'll run into the thing where I'll have, be having a problem because I'm looking over to the sides and she'll be like, did you do the next step? And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, I guess I, I could have just followed the rules. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> my wife's a producer as well, actually. And she's oh, yeah. very much linear uh-huh. steps. Great organizer. I'm the lateral thinker. I'm, you know, all over the place. We compliment <laughs> each other very bat. well. Yeah. 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 yeah it works. And so, and, and sometimes, yeah, it's, you know, if things aren't working with, when they're supposed to in a linear fashion, she'll get stuck mm-hmm. and then she'll ask. And then I'm always thinking behind the scenes, how's this thing made? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, oh, look, look, look over here. Here's the answer. And so, yeah, yeah it's just, it's just how we are. Yeah, it's it's just different ways of problem solving, and like you say, they're complementary. You you need those, uh, and I've learned how to kind of corral myself in certain situations to to be more linear, you know, to to go forward uh, <laughs> when when I need to. You you can you can learn how to think the other way, you know, when you need to be more sensible. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's how some very close to me would put it. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. is. But that's, you know, again, it's how it's understanding how you learn. And it's, it's important to be humble. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about unlearning and finding out later things are mistakes. It's, it, you have to be humble and let go of things yeah. in order to learn new things. And another thing is a lot of people take learning or not being able to learn something right away personally. Mm-hmm. Like we put so much emotional weight on not, you know, understanding something or not doing something right the first time. And it's like, you're not, you know, you're not in school. I mean, most of the people I talk to on YouTube are in school. You're not being scored. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no one over your shoulder watching you. Give yourself the space. You have an opportunity to give yourself the space to explore, make mistakes, discover how you learn and take joy in that process. Right. And, and for me, that, that is the most valuable part. It's the process. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's where you get a lot of the satisfaction. There's, there's something to be said for just stepping away. I mean, I, I it's, it's almost a, a, a common, uh, advice now is when you're having a, having a problem figuring something out, step away, do something else, clear your brain and come back. Uh, and I, I think, that it's it's almost like a performance uh, anxiety situation when you're 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 looking over your own shoulder and saying why aren't you getting that and when you step away you get rid of that person over your shoulder. Yeah, the editor. Yeah, yeah the, editor. the internal editor. Yeah, and uh, you know through my career the editor was very valuable because mm-hmm. the editor would sit you know the creative would go okay let's do this and the editor would go well maybe try this okay and it was very valuable working in a commercial <laughs> television enterprise. But having to push that person aside, you know, at moments, especially now, which is hilarious, it's crazy. I have all, you know, we have this technology and freedom. You can, you know, the, the, the creator economy, you can, you know, as you know, you can create a living online. Yeah, yeah. And you have this freedom to, to try new things and be creative, but it's still tough. It's still tough to unlearn and sort of set aside the editor. Mm-hmm. And you, it's, it's a constant battle that you just have to. And if you have techniques like stepping away or going, you know, going for a walk or doing something to sort of separate that person, that's great. You need to learn those techniques, but it's not, they'll they'll always come back. Mm -hmm. And it's not even from work. It's from 
our, you know, school life, that whole institutionalized education. from inside the house. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. been with us. It's been with us. And so yeah, now yeah. we, you have to, it's hard to turn it off. And so, yeah. That reminds me of something I learned in in Search and Rescue. Uh, They taught us about the horse and the rider. Uh, There's there's the part of you that is is just going to do stuff. And if you train it like a horse to do the right stuff, then it's going to do the right stuff most of the time. But then you're the rider. So you can redirect your horse, you know, the the part of you that just, you know, does things automatically. and and that redirection can be good or bad. Uh, and then I guess the writer's kind of the, what we're talking about with the editor here, but that you, you have to, you have to train your horse and, uh, and also train your writer was, was what they were saying, because in a panic situation, the writer might freak out and you need to rely on the horse to just get you through because it's trained or the horse may start to do something wrong because that's your habit, but your writer knows not in this case, and you need to be able to take the reins at that point. Exactly. And it's, it's a constant, it's a constant, I wouldn't call it conversation, more like mm-hmm. a negotiation yeah, <laughs> yeah. between the writer and the horse. Did, did you have siblings growing up? Yes. Older brother and a younger sister. Okay. So with the younger, you, you were mentioning earlier about the tape recorder, uh, mm-hmm. and going out. And I, I did similar things where we, we would do like, uh, fake play by play for Commodore 64 baseball games and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. Did you ever play school? Um, I don't think I ever played school. Okay. So but, you never, you never pl- tried to be the teacher to your, to your younger sister. Well, yes, but in sort of a, more of a storytelling okay. sort of like, right. you know, character, character, uh-huh. uh, context, you know, we'd be adventurers and I'd be, mm-hmm. you know, the, <laughs> the head adventurer and she'd be the, the sidekick and I'd be pointing things out to her and, uh-huh. you know, we'd be, it was like a, uh, I'm going to date myself here. The Mutual of Omaha, <laughs> Wild Kingdom, <laughs> Wild Kingdom, <laughs> which we used to watch Sundays back in the day, and so yeah, we would yeah. we would imitate that kind of thing out out in the backyard. You know, sure. we'd see squirrels and dogs uh-huh. and cats and. So you were already a good teacher at an early age, is what that tells me. Because I was sitting my younger brother down in a in a desk, like we had an old school desk in the garage, and I was like making him a report card. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> imitating all the wrong things, basically. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't have gone over well with my sister. Yeah, <laughs> it, a, it, it, it went wild. over fine for you know a short period of time, and then my brother was done with it. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because I never, I never, you know, even what I do today on YouTube, I don't, I don't consider it teaching, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even call myself a teacher. Yeah, yeah, I just. You know, it's real simple. You know, someone asked me, so why do you, why do you do these, you know, these tutorials on YouTube? Like, it just seems weird. You know, you're an actor and you did all this stuff. And it's like, you know, people in the comments, Hey, you're coach Armstrong. Why are you doing this uh, uh-huh. YouTube channel doing tutorials? You're like coach Armstrong was a teacher too, but yeah. Exactly. But the thing is, is really, it comes down to, I like learning new things and find and, and finding resourceful ways to do things. And when I do that, I get excited. Mm-hmm. And I want to share it. Yeah. And so I share it on YouTube, hoping that other people will get value out of it. It's that simple. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You would, I, I'm going to guess, you would probably be finding folks in your neighborhood to tell about if you didn't have YouTube, right? You'd be, be wanting to show somebody. Oh, well, yeah. My kids. My yeah. kids are tired of me explaining things to them. <laughs> At the they're, dinner table. They're, are they thankful you have YouTube as an outlet? Yeah, they're like, uh, oh, and they show their friends at school, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, My dad's yeah. a YouTuber, <laughs> and they and they show here's a channel. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, you um, got some cred. That's good. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if it's you know genuine or they're just making fun of me. <laughs> you never can tell with kids. Yeah. yeah, but I just I enjoy sharing um, new things with people to help them, and also again, it comes to that empathy piece. Mm-hmm. Helping people because I know, and that's the thing about learning. It's important to remember what it was like when you didn't know Mm -hmm. it's vital. And I remember how it felt, how frustrated I was when I couldn't find the answer and I was stuck and no one could help me or, you know, wasn't presented in a way I could understand. Yeah, Yeah. And I carry that emotion with me into my work because I don't want my audience to feel that way. Right. I don't want the technology to stop them from doing what they want to do. And so realizing, you know, you know, their goals. And so if I can just give them a little help in eight to 10 minutes to get over that hurdle, it's incredible. I mean, the comments are just so amazing. People are just yeah. so thankful. It's, it's, it kind of blows me away every time when I read the comments because I think I'm making my little videos and putting them out there to help people. But people write back and they say, thank you so much. I learned so much. You helped me start my channel. You helped me, you know, make lessons for my kids at school. And it's like, great. That's the best feeling, right? When you, when, when someone legitimately tells you like, I didn't understand this and you helped me understand it. Yeah. It's incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. You know, learning is such a valuable skill and there's such value in it for people. I think we kind of, we don't um, take that serious, seriously enough how mm-hmm. important learning is and how valuable a commodity it is for all of us, right? In, in terms of just functioning every day and how we, you know, interact with people. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anyone ever stops learning whether they want to or not. I, ju- I don't think you can. You can you can slow it down. You can fight it and resist it uh, or you can welcome it and and encourage it. But you're always learning something. Yeah, well, it's important to to yeah. consider and and to cherish those little learning moments, mm-hmm. right? Those little yeah. things to take advantage of them, you know, to value them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, at, at, before we wrap up the show, I always like to do a uh, a little word game. Uh, are 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 you in? Would you Would you yeah, like sure. to participate? Okay, sure. Uh, this is called this or that. I'm just going to give you uh, two words, and you tell me which one you'd pick uh, and why. All righty. All right. First one, dreams or nightmares? Nightmares. Wow. And you're the second person to say that. That's interesting. Why? Nightmares are fascinating because I always want to know what what is the root of that. And a lot of times I can sort of connect it mm-hmm. to what's going on in my life. And 
it's it's fascinating to make those connections and it, i just find nightmare is more illuminating yeah they they they're certainly i don't know if they're more memorable but they leave a bigger impression right yeah, it's just it just it just leaves me wanting to know more hmm, interesting uh tvo or cbc <laughs> This was submitted by our producer, Jen. Oh, my goodness. TVO or CBC? I would have to say TVO. And I have to say that because I started my career there. I, I met a lot of great people and worked with a lot of great people. And that's where I really learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And the people there were so willing to teach. They were so giving in that way. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, were, we were a family at TVO. Mm-hmm. It's always about the team. It's always about the people, right? Yeah, it is. In a it, you know, like that. Exactly. Because this is really, you know, it's a uh, media creation is, is a bit of a collaborative art form. Even if you're working solo, you're still, you know, talking to other creators and, you know, interacting with your, your viewers and your audience. And so when you, when you have a bunch of people that you can work with who are there to support you and listen to your, you know, complaining and crazy ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it I, I'm I'm sure you can you yeah. can speak to that. I'm not saying you have crazy ideas, but no, working when, when with you, a team. When you tell a couple of people like, hey, I just want to sit down and use one word and no other preparation for a show. And they say, like, yeah, sure, we'll help with that. Yeah. It's sure. it's gratifying. Let's let's see where it goes. <laughs> uh the next one is fast or slow zombies. Yeah. I, I think the fast zombies, mm-hmm. that's just tough. The slow ones, you could sort of, I know, I know they're relentless and they keep mm-hmm. coming, but you can sort of, you know, you can stay ahead of them. But those fast ones, you know, if your head's not on a swivel, mm-hmm. they so can it's come more, at you. You like them because they're more exciting. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. just more, um, it's almost where they're more otherworldly. It's kind of weird because zombies, mm-hmm. we think slow, blah, blah, blah. But fast zombies, yeah. Like when uh, that movie Twenty Eight Days Later, yeah, the emblem of fast zombies that right? scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I'm like, we're. I said to my wife, if this happens, oh, I had God. a plan. I had a plan for the slow zombies, honey. <laughs> but these fast ones, we're we're done. <laughs> See, and that's why a lot of people want to pick the slow zombies because they're like, at least I can get away from them. I, I almost because I've asked this of almost every uh, guest. I, I feel like there's a doctoral thesis waiting to explain why people pick uh, the different ones there. I, I would I would think the fast zombies would burn out pretty quick, though, because mm, that's I true. I don't know what, you know, their energy source and mm-hmm. what's happening. They, 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 you know, run hot, but short, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, teaching or acting? I would say teaching. And the reason for that is I enjoy acting. Mm-hmm. Acting, it's just two different things. Um, with acting, you're, you know, you, I've done stage and screen, and you're very much part of a team, and you're a piece of a greater work. And you deliver what you need to deliver to make the whole thing work. And you deliver what you deliver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do your job and and that's what you concentrate on. With teaching, for me it's you you have, I guess, more control of the entire story, mm-hmm. of the entire experience. You you can craft it 
any way you want to. And for me, I like, I like being able to craft the entire experience. Um, I've had great experiences acting. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, being able to sort of craft that entire experience for, um, for an audience, I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Do, do you get that same thing out of directing as well? Yeah. Directing yeah. is, yeah, I did a lot of directing and yeah, I'd say that's probably right now my favorite thing to do. Mm. And having been an actor, it helps in my directing and knowing the technical side as well, having edited and, yeah, and yeah. shot and stuff. But yeah, just creating the entire experience. I really enjoy that. Okay. If we have to take that out so your agent doesn't hear you said teaching, that's fine. Just let me know. Oh, it's, I don't <laughs> think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> uh, the next one is savory or dessert crepes. I have to say dessert crepes. Mm. I got a bit of a sweet tooth. Okay. Like, like yeah. strawberry, you know, the Nutella. A little yeah. powdered sugar. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's good stuff. Dogs or cats? Uh, I'd have to say dogs. Um, we're on our third dog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great little dog. He's a, he's a rescue uh, from Mexico. And apparently, according to the rescue, they said that uh, a little girl found him in living in a landfill. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh. About how old when you got him? He was two. Okay. So yeah, we've yeah. had him for almost two years. And uh, he's great. He's a yeah. great little dog. Do you even know what breed he's close to? He is a cross between, from what we can surmise, a poodle and a Mexican terrier. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's, he's quite... Uh, um, meta poodle. <laughs> yeah, he's quite interesting. He's, <laughs> he, he can, he can play and run and fetch and do tricks, but he's, he's also a couch potato. Uh huh. Which my, my wife loves because our, our two previous dogs were very big. One was a giant schnauzer. It was almost, what was he? 120 pounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like wow. 30, 36 inches at the shoulder. Uh-huh. It was huge. Played for the Raptors. Yeah. He was a big boy. So, <laughs> so my wife for likes, the Argonauts. Then, my, <laughs> my wife likes having a, yeah, my, my friends and family used to joke, are you going to bring your horse over uh, for Christmas? <laughs> oh, yeah. But she, she likes having a little, uh, having a lap dog. So we, uh, we started with a Rottweiler shepherd mix. Ooh. She was amazing. The wow. Best dog ever. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, we added a border collie. Uh, and then when the, when Django, the Rottweiler shepherd passed away, we got a German shepherd mix. They're all rescues. Uh, and the German shepherd mix, we're like, there's one floppy year. So there's something in there. And we finally <laughs> did one of those genetic tests and found out, that she is uh, golden, like thirty percent golden, and the rest is shepherd. Yeah, the golden. Yeah. yeah, we ours was a giant. We had a giant schnauzer, and then our second at the same time was a doodle. So she's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a schnauzer and a doodle, giant yeah. schnauzer and a doodle. That's amazing. I love yeah, that. So. Uh, tea or coffee? Tea. Um, no hesitation there. Wow. Yeah, I was a coffee drinker. I never drank coffee until our second daughter came mm-hmm. and we were working mm-hmm. in order to function <laughs> you know we had the caffeine and i was a coffee drinker for a good decade but then i found that it was just the caffeine was just affecting me i wasn't getting good sleep mm-hmm. and other things and i just switched back to tea actually over the last few months so yeah. now i'm a tea drinker what kind of tea this is a lemon orange blend it's a herbal tea with uh, sounds refreshing. 
antioxidants and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I am a huge coffee drinker, so I follow every health beneficial coffee story that comes out. Tea, tea never has a downside story. Coffee always has like somebody trying to say there's a downside. Tea seems like it's always positive stuff. Yeah, it just calms me. Yeah, just calms me. Though uh, that that caffeine withdrawal was was pretty brutal. <laughs> uh, advice to your listeners: Don't go cold turkey. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, wean yourself slow off. It, slow it down. Yeah, hot or cold? Cold. I run hot. Mm-hmm. Can ask my wife. Mm-hmm. She is always cold, so it's always hilarious in the house during the winter. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. January. It's freezing. I'm yeah. I'm like cracking the window in the bedroom yeah. beside me. It's like I'm I'm just boiling. She's wow. like freezing with a sweater on top and two comforters. That's crazy. Yeah, so I like the cold. I like this All time right. of year. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah. So you get you get those middle ground months every once in a while where everybody's happy. Uh this is my last one. Uh only because you you referenced it earlier. Bedmus or PEMDAS? <laughs> oh no. Tom, why do you have to do me like that? Um <laughs> Uh, uh, I'll say Bedmus because that's the one I know. <laughs> They're the same. They're the same thing. It's just a different way of explaining it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Bedmus, Bedmus is the one you mentioned earlier. So that makes sense that you'd go with that. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, and yeah. I know, I know we both know, but for anyone else who, who who's listening, this is the order of operations. It's yes. an, it's a, uh, is that an acronym? What is that? No. Mnemonic. A mnemonic for remembering the orders of operations. And the only difference is one calls them brackets and the other calls them parentheses. That's yes. the B and the P, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think they changed it to parentheses mm-hmm. because I think I said Bedmus on set and the consultant went, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> well, having just watched the Reddit video of only Coach Armstrong uh, edit. Really? That's, yeah, that's just you. <laughs> I really, I was yeah. not aware that was out there. I'll give you the link. Oh, I uh, the you link. definitely wrote Bedmus on the chalkboard at one point. So there you go. I, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Do your research, Tom. Wow. <laughs> I try. I try. I've got good help. Wow. Uh, well, Mike, man, thank you so much for, for doing this. This was really fun. Oh, thanks for having me. It was a great time. If people want to get to your YouTube channel, follow any of the other stuff you've got going on, where should they go? Well, you can go to youtube.com slash. Michael Kenny, and now they have hash. They have um, what is it? The uh, at symbol thing. The, yeah. Yes, so at Michael Kenny, and on Twitter at Michael Kenny. All right, excellent. Uh, thanks to our producers, Jen Cutter, who gave me the link to that Reddit thing, uh, and Anthony Lamos. And thank you for listening to this show and telling your friends about it. You can get an ad-free version of this show with Acast Plus. Click on Access Exclusive Content at awordpodcast.com. We'll have a word with you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 